0: Beyond the Pillion is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people, and we would like to pay our respects to elders, past and present.
1: Welcome to Beyond the Pillion. My name is Kahiwa Sabaya. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the chaotic one.
0: And my name is Mark Drexler, he, him pronouns, and loud pipes may save lives, but they can also leave you with lifelong tinnitus. So apologies for the buzzing you're hearing, that could just be in my ears.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, right, not quite sure where to go from there, but that's fine, because today... it's all good. Today, we're, we're not talking anything about um, exhaust pipes or similar today. Today, we are talking about something that maybe sounds easy until it isn't, which is mm. moving your bike. This is episode mm-hmm. 18, and building on uh, last episode, where we were talking about parking, and one of the things that came up in there was potentially the need to be able to move your bike in just kind of short little spaces. Uh, Mm -hmm. This uh, today is about some of the different ways to do that.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's, uh, something that people who have never ridden motorbikes before are often shocked when, particularly if they are cyclists mm. and they're used to being able to move around, a, you know, somewhere between maybe 10 and 15 kilo bike or 20 odd if you're riding a, an e-bike and then trying to move around a motorbike and realising, wow, okay, even the smallest thing you're going to ride in a CB125E mm. uh, is about 115 maybe kilos. And if you're riding... Uh, yeah, anything else you're going to be probably somewhere between like 150 and 200 kilos so yeah they are that they are big units and that can really catch people out <laughs> that you can't just flick them around like a pushy
1: yeah it's definitely one of the things that makes me a bit more cautious about getting a bigger bike is mm. um that extra weight and i, I mm-hmm. remember when i first started riding being actually quite nervous about trying to move the bike and quite uncertain about whether I'd be able to hold the weight or catch it or um, move it confidently, and that was even just with the CB125, let alone with the R3 or or now the MTO7 or one of your larger bikes.
0: (laughs) Hmm. As we'll get to see a little bit later on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if you uh, are on the social medias, you might have seen a little preview of that. Uh, but that should be fun. Stick around no, for bikes, that no
0: bikes were harmed in the filming of this episode. So work, it's all okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Nothing went down. It's <laughs> all good. Hmm. Right. Sorry, Tom.
1: The confidence in me. Sure. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not shattered at it's all. all
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all
1: so um uh, yeah we like, think coming coming back to the previous episode talking about parking and mm-hmm. um I think that's certainly one of the main reasons why I think it's useful to know how to move you know m- maneuver the bike around um, and uh, that there are a few different ways that you can actually do that um mm-hmm. Mark what did what did you want to add on to that
0: um I think think that we'll go through a few yeah we'll go through a few techniques today but that uh yeah that ability to move bikes over uh, on different uh, different angles where you you know, you've got different slopes that sometimes mm. are very, can be very difficult to move a bike up and up and down. Um, so I think what we are trying to do today is to give you both some specific techniques that we'll go through, but also some of the key points that you should be thinking about when you're moving a bike in any way, shape, or form. Mm.
1: Um,
0: Kay, well, did you want to go through those key points, or do you want me to throw one out there first?
1: Well, I think. Um Uh, The first one that comes to mind for me and when I was first starting to ride and and you were teaching me some of the different ways to move the bike, that was certainly about um, the tendency I think that I had was to try and uh, lean the bike onto me. I I remember Mm. when I was first starting, um, I'd stand at the side and one hand on uh, each of the handlebar um, and try and have the bike lean on me because that felt mm. more... Safer? S- yeah, safer, more secure, yep. more stable. Um, but what ended up happening was that just made it really, really hard to move because mm. you don't have as much um, freedom through your body. But it also meant like that's not going to work once um, we are riding bigger bikes. It barely uh-huh. worked on the CB125. And I think one of the things uh-huh. that you said was, trying to think about actually carrying as little weight as possible on yourself um, and trying mm. to keep the bike balanced. Um, and you talked about yep. working with the bike. Um, did you want to mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit more?
0: Yeah, I mean, just just wrapping that one up, I think it's a really common thing for uh, people who are first getting into bikes and moving it is that feeling that it feels more in control when you've got a bike leaning on yourself than having mm. the bike potentially too upright and falling away from you Mm. and that is a really natural feeling that that feeling that if it starts falling away you've got nothing whereas at least if it's falling towards you then you can you can catch it um there's probably elements in that of truth but i think as as you've said kay we're just trying to keep that balance make a put as much of the weight on the wheels of the bike rather than leaning over on you and that's that that's important um and the, the second thing which primarily is when you are sitting on the bike moving around is using, yeah you, know, you have a bike with an engine <laughs> and use that engine and your clutch uh, to move the bike around even if you're paddle walking it.
1: Mm.
0: That would be one when you're doing your rider training, I would guess that no matter where you're doing your rider training, certainly here in South Australia, that'll be one of the first things that you'll learn how to do, which is balancing your throttle and your clutch to be able to move move the bike around, just walking around. So if you're moving it forward and you're sitting on the bike, that is absolutely, rather than using um, body strength – then that is a really good way of doing it. So you use the tools that you've got at your disposal, and the main one of that is you've got an engine and and a clutch. Mm. So rather than using your own body strength. Yeah. Next one from you, Kaymer.
1: And and I think the other one there is is just knowing about where the, the nearest a break is. So uh, mm. in the event that you know bike is starting to to get away from you, regardless of where you are in relation to the mm-hmm. bike um, whether that's the front brake or the rear brake um, just knowing where that is in case um, you need to be able to you know stop the bike from moving um, yeah yeah, uh, can be really useful and and I think just coming back to that point about um, the tendency to want to uh, to feel safer when the bike is leaning on you one of the dangers that that has is as you start to ride bigger bikes and even on a smaller bike yeah as you're saying talking about 150 200 plus kilos hmm. if that lands on you that's not gonna be good um, nope. that is avoidable potentially uh, whereas you know motorbikes are a little bit easier to replace um, hmm. so I think that's one of the other things that comes to mind the um importance of Shifting out of that mindset of using your body to hold the bike, um, and w- working with the bike as much as possible, including yeah, as you're saying, throttle, clutch, and brake, and similar, to be able to mm-hmm. start and stop the bike from moving.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing I'd just throw in there that's a it's a bit of a I don't know cruel joke in terms of motorcycle design, but having side stand on the left of the bike. Uh, which means you invariably end up standing on the left-hand side of the bike to move it, but having both of your brakes on the right-hand side of the bike. Yeah, why is that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Someone somewhere when it came to universal design of what should go where uh, decided that it would, that was the right way around to have it. Um, interestingly enough, if you go back far enough, I think possibly into like the 60s mm-hmm. and maybe earlier than that, then you will find bikes that have gear shifters on the right-hand side. Uh, We've got a a, G Caddy from somewhere around Mm. that era in in the shop, or we had one not too long ago. Didn't get a chance to ride it, but, yeah, gear shifter on the right-hand side. That
1: would be bizarre. uh,
0: Which, yeah, and I was keen, yeah, for various reasons, I didn't get a chance to ride it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Kieran. Um, But it – yeah, it would have been an interesting one to try and reprogram my brain. But anyway, point of this one is not about that. point about moving bikes, and it is one. Know where your nearest <laughs> brake is um, and be cognizant that, yes, if you're standing next to your bike on the left-hand side, then you are about as far away from either brake as you can get. Mm. So at least know where they are if it does start rolling too much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So those are some of the kind of key points, key principles. Let's talk into the, the actual techniques themselves um uh-huh. and we do have <laughs> some video footage so if you are uh-huh. um watching this on youtube you'll be able to see those videos uh, if you are listening um, then hop on over either to youtube or to instagram and we'll pop the videos up there of each of these different techniques uh-huh. um But so the first one that you've already spoken about um, and that we talked a fair bit, I think, about in the parking episode is that slow riding and, you know, really just using the clutch and the throttle. Um, Do you want to talk about that one, Mark?
0: Yeah, uh, I think it is one of those things that when I was a Rider Safe instructor, we'd have people saying, oh, my God, why do I have to know why are we doing all this slow, boring stuff? I said it before. Yes, grasshopper. Until you can snatch the pebble out. Of, no, until you can yeah, snatch the pebble out of my hand. Then just get on with it. Similar <laughs> with slow riding and learning how to use your uh, ideally your clutch friction zone mm. and your throttle and maybe a little bit of rear brake just to stabilise yourself. And that is by far. Uh, if you can do that, then it is the minimum amount of faffing about, mm. and you can just slow ride right into the final position that that you want to be by balancing those three things, come to a stop, and and you're done. Yeah. So that is, that is one of the reasons why uh, in rider safe training of wherever you're doing it, they are going to be harping on at you about learning how to really know how to control your clutch and throttle at the same time. So that that's the first one
1: yeah and that's certainly my my go-to my favorite um Mm -hmm. uh it 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 definitely feels a lot more secure and as you're saying like if you're coming into park or if you're just kind of moving you know Mm -hmm. the bike into position um if you just need to go a little bit further forward or even kind of starting um if you're on a slope and wanting to move the bike up a slope slightly Paddle walking can be really hard, um, but that slow riding, little bit of clutch friction zone um, and mm-hmm. throttle. And when I first got the MTO 7 um, it was a little bit too high before I put lowering yeah. links on it. And uh, a couple of times there it was parked uh, on the side of the road you know, where the road slopes downwards and towards the gutter and to the footpath. And mm. – Trying to get my feet down to uh, get started was too yep. hard. So, um, mm-hmm. and that's where if you are a little bit shorter on a bike that's a little bit taller, having one foot down, uh, left foot down on the ground and you kind of butt slightly off to the left, right foot on the rear brake, and then using the clutch and the throttle can be a really easy way to actually just get started regardless mm-hmm. of whether you're on a slope or, or not.
0: Well said. Mm. And so that uh, you've just sort of mentioned coming in there and then patter walking forwards and backwards. I think uh, slow riding into a position is very often then used with a little bit of paddle walking, Mm. tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who aren't familiar with the term paddle walking, uh, I suppose the idea is looking a little bit like a duck or a penguin. Um, Mm. So this is where either moving forwards or backwards, uh, you're sitting on the bike, bike is still upright, but your feet might be down on the ground and you're using essentially walking to help you and the bike move forwards or backwards. Um, It can feel really stable. Um, very secure, particularly when you're moving forwards. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit more difficult moving backwards in particular, I have found. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're parking in particular, that can be really handy to just, you know, moving forwards and backwards just a little bit to, to kind of get you into a position that you want. Um, and one of the things that can be challenging with that is if you are shorter or the bike is a bit higher for you, Just getting enough momentum to be able to move the weight of Mm. the bike uh, can be a little bit challenging.
0: Which we'll see a little bit later on. Yeah,
1: (laughs) So we do have um, a quick little video about that, Um, Mm -hmm. slow riding and uh, the paddle walking. Um, And this is an example of me pretending to park, uh, don't notice the parking lines. This is for demonstration purposes only. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Let's have a look at that. So we're slow riding into position um, and then you can see that paddle walking backwards still on the bike. It's fairly easy to manoeuvre in terms of like angles um, and turning the handlebar to, to change which direction you want to go in. Mm -hmm. I think the other kind of thing you can see here um, So definitely paddle walking up um, A little bit of kind of clutch and friction zone um, To try and get up the slope of that hill ever so slightly
0: Mm. Um, And that was only a very slight uphill mm. rise there But even that was enough to yeah, to make it difficult to paddle walk up, whereas going backwards, you can see there you're just rolling backwards. Exactly. And thumbs up, thank
1: you. <laughs> hmm. um, and in that last little bit there, so that was uh, foot on the rear brake. We've got the mm. clutch and the throttle, and just you know, slow riding up the hill, nice and smooth, um, and nice and controlled. Uh, which certainly for me feels a lot easier to do. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And I'm not that short, but I am apparently shorter than most manufacturers uh, make bikes for. So, mm,
0: which is a whole thing around structural inequality that we can get into another day. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's frustrating. Anyway, yeah. moving on. So, moving so on. Mark.
1: That's probably the the technique I suppose I would use most often. Um, yep. slow riding, paddle walking, forwards or backwards uh, and almost one I think you kind of not even really think about very much. Um, mm. It's a bit of an automatic thing. Yep. Next technique, Mark.
0: Next technique is uh, getting off the bike, standing typically on the left-hand side of it and then uh, pushing the bike forward from the side, having both of your hands on the handlebars. Mm. So I... Uh, Typically, you would walk up to the bike while it's on the side stand, you would flick your side stand up, and then once you've got the weight of the bike, then you would push it forwards or pull it back, but I'll talk about that in a moment, Mm. Um, to, to move it forwards, you can still steer, you've got your right hand on the handlebar, so next to the brake, so you can... Uh, you can then use the front brake to slow yourself down if it starts getting away from you. Typically, for beginners, I wouldn't say doing this with the engine running, mm. just in case you accidentally kick with your right leg into the gear shifter. And next thing you know, you've got a bike in gear that's, uh, that's walking past. Extension exercise for this one is actually using um, using uh, walking alongside the bike with the bike in gear and using clutch. Uh, clutch and and throttle to move it uphill, which you can you can do. But for for now, for the <laughs> basics, just staying standing there and and pushing the bike forward under your own weight uh, to to move it forward. So it is it's easy. It's a very easy way of moving your bike around. And I'd say this is probably the the next most common way that you would move around, mm. other than other than paddle walking. The problem you have with it is that for practical purposes, I reckon it's really limited to moving moving the bike forwards necessarily than moving it backwards. And the the reason for that is if you are trying to move the bike backwards, then you're doing one of one of two things, provided you are keeping both hands on the bars. You're either trying to twist your, your head pretty much through 180 degrees so you can see where you're going backwards, mm. um, which even if you're trying to look over your shoulder, then it becomes very difficult to steer and do that at the same time, mm. Or you are pulling the bike backwards and you can't see where you're going, um, which might not be that that big a deal. You know, for, for little movements, it's okay. But as we'll see a little bit later, there's much better way of of doing that. But yeah, doing that that movement primarily from moving the bike forward. Your side stand is up. Uh, you are walking next to the bike, pushing. Trying to keep, as we said earlier, not leaning the bike heavily into yourself. Mm. Trying to keep it as nicely balanced as possible so there's minimal amount of weight on you and any energy that you're spending is just to to pushing the bike in the direction. And Kay, I think we got another video of this one that, that we could show. Or would you have anything else that you want to chuck in or should we
1: Yeah, we've got we've got a video and I think while well, yep. I bring that up. Um this one I think for me was uh yeah, that this one is the the first pr- other technique that I learned and it's one mm-hmm. that I personally struggle with um, because for me it's really easy to uh, end up letting the bike lean on me. I find it actually mm-hmm. quite difficult to keep the bike balanced but not leaning on me in this this particular technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like about it is you've got access to the brake. Um, True. and that Very can be point. that can be really good. I definitely yep. agree, um uh, starting off with the you know, the engine off. Um even if you're in in neutral, obviously, mm. um just sometimes, you know, if you move your right hand on the throttle and you can give yourself a fright, maybe that's just me yep. easily when startled.
0: <laughs> Uh, No, that happens a lot. You see that a lot in riders have training where somebody had accidentally grabbed the throttle, twist it and be, ah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Mm. And, yeah, I know that I can overreact ever so slightly to things like that. It's it's normal. But, yeah, that to me is – it's it's easier if the engine is off to then just kind of move it and then you've still got access to the brake and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I personally have not uh, progressed to the idea of actually in gear and using the clutch and throttle with this particular technique. I'm probably more likely to just sit on it.
0: <laughs> mm. Yep. But- and really the, the, the only real reason, just chucking one more mm. in there is uh, – Probably the most common time that I've seen that used is trying to get the bike up a ramp onto a trailer or similar to that if you're doing it by yourself because then uh, if you're getting it up a steep slope while you have to stand next to it, don't try and ride a bike onto a trailer, people, unless you want to end up on Instagram on bike fails or something like that, then just, no, walk it up (laughs) next to it and that's where (laughs) popping it in gear and letting the engine engine do the work while you're walking next to it is the go. But anyway, back to this one, Gaber.
1: So let's have a look at uh, me trying to (laughs) move the bike. So from the side, uh, two hands on the handlebar um, and see how that goes. So in this case, the bike is still on a slight upward slope, so moving upwards. It's relatively easy Mm -hmm. to move forward. Um, A little bit more awkward moving backwards, Mm -hmm. as you were saying, Mark, that idea of trying to keep the body... You know, parallel with the handlebars, but trying to then also get your head to look backwards to see Mm. where you're going can be a little bit hard.
0: It's just awkward. It's an awkward body movement trying to do that. So Mm. if people are trying it and it feels a bit cack, then that's a technical term, then yes, (coughs) that's very normal.
1: Yeah, and I think you could see in that, well, certainly I felt it trying to uh, avoid the bike from leaning on me too much. Um, because mm-hmm. you've got to be in close enough that you can get, you know, both hands on the handlebar. Everything just feels a little bit out of balance, I think, with that particular yeah. technique for me in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Which then brings us on to the next one that, once you work it out, I think is probably the game changer. Oh, I, this I changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on and tell us, tell us what it is and why it's so good.
1: This is, my, I think, one of the favourite things that maybe you've showed me. Um, so this is uh, standing um, on to the side of the bike. Um, you've got uh, left hand is on the handlebar over the clutch um Mm -hmm. and the right hand is on the seat or the pillion or seat cowl behind you so essentially your body is facing into the side of the bike and you've got one hand out in either direction Mm -hmm. um this took i think a little moment to feel confident that i would be able to do it and it's not the bike's not going to fall away from me or too far in um but i will say the feeling of when the bike is in that kind of balance point, it feels remarkably stable. It feels Mm -hmm. really um, controlled in terms of being able to move forwards and backwards. It feels a lot less effort Mm -hmm. um, trying to move even slightly heavier bikes in either direction. Um, I feel like I can see very clearly where we're going um, and I've got full uh control in terms of the handlebar to be able to turn the angle of the bike um it's mm-hmm. yeah it is particularly for moving the bike backwards uh absolute absolute game changer also i think it looks pretty cool
0: it, it does look cool um <laughs> absolutely agree that it's one that initially can be a bit scary you're yeah. a bit, bit nervy are there any downsides when you're doing that
1: yeah uh, you've got they- no access to the brake Mm. Either of the brakes And that can Mm. be um, That can be quite scary Mm. Um, And there are certainly moments When it feels like At least on some bikes um, Or every now and again Very easy for the bike To potentially be falling away from you Um, So it does require a little bit Mm. of of concentration um, Mm -hmm. To make sure that bike is nicely balanced In towards you but not on you But yeah
0: So probably one to avoid in general terms, if you are uh, going up or down a yeah, anything other than a very minor slope, just thinking about those brakes, mm-hmm. given that you haven't got access to them, if you were going to be pushing your bike down a slope, you probably wouldn't use this because if you do and it starts getting away from you, you're a long way away from anything to stop yourself.
1: Absolutely. If I was going down a slope, then I'd probably... Down a slope. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be uh, sitting on the bike to be honest. yep, Um, totally. And I've got full control over rear brake and front brake and, you know, just Mm -hmm. be able to let it go um, for sure. Yep. But this one, very handy for uh, manoeuvring the bike into garage, into a park, into like a Mm -hmm. a tighter space around other bikes. Um, Yep. Very, very handy.
0: All right. And I reckon you're going to show us what it looks like now, aren't you? Yes. Hey, excellent.
1: So this is uh, having a look at the me moving the MTO 7. So really, really easy um, to just roll the bike forwards. Um, mm-hmm. In this case, again, we're still on a slight little up uh, uphill slope. Um, and then also really easy to roll the bike backwards, change the angle of the handlebar and... Um, mm-hmm turn around different kind of
0: corners and even even just watching there the way your feet changed uh changed how they were overlapping each other mm. uh you know being able to i think that one of the strengths of that particularly if you are moving a heavy bike and we will see a great example of this later uh, being able to turn around as you do there mm. and you are almost facing more towards the back of the bike than the front Yes. And you can only do that because you have uh, your body initially starting sort of pointing directly into the bike and that gives you access to either, yeah, sort of cross your feet over in either direction and push in other direction. Yeah. And that's where I think with the exception of the fact that you have no brakes, it's just a really, really good way of, good way of moving a bike and it's probably the one when I'm at work that I use... Yeah, probably one of the ones that, that I use the most because mm-hmm. um, yeah, working in a motorbike shop, you are moving bikes around a lot and that is a very common one that, that we use to shift things around.
1: Yep, definitely. Um, And I, I think that's one where I know um, the handful of times I've gotten very familiar using that with the MTO7 and gotten quite comfortable with the weight of that and I feel like I can almost throw her around a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um and the handful of times I've done that on uh, slightly heavier bikes, it does take a, a small little second, but it does feel like it's actually very transferable um, across yep. across newer bikes um, or unfamiliar bikes. Uh, certainly handy to be able to, to have that in the arsenal.
0: Yeah, and possibly the only ones that maybe arguably don't work so well like that are very... Uh, very low cruisers. Mm, I'd be so thinking that really long
1: wheelbase would be L-
0: yeah, long low stuff. Look, they're just harder to move anyway. They're yeah. pigs of things to move. Sorry for anybody that's got a cruiser, <laughs> but um, <laughs> them and like very large adventure bikes are the two types of bikes that I just don't like moving. They're just difficult. Um, and adventure bikes aren't too bad using this method because they're at least tall Mm. you can put your hand on the seat you can push backwards on a very long low bike you're actually reaching down with your right hand to push so yeah that can be a bit more awkward so Mm. Mm. all right next Mm.
1: you're one of the techniques you've you've tried to show me, and I haven't quite got the confidence to get up and give it all a right. go yet.
0: <laughs> so, did you want me to talk through both of these, or
1: yeah,
0: or do you? Yeah, okay, all right. So, the 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 next one, which is another one that is primarily about being able to move the bike away from you. Uh, sorry, to to move the bike backwards is if you are trying to get a bike uh, up a particularly up a slope. Going backwards, using the way that Kahi was just shown, having one hand, one hand on the seat to be able to push is good. An even better way, if if you don't have the strength to do that, is learning how to push a bike backwards from in front of the bike. Mm. And this one does take a bit of confidence because you are <laughs> uh, you're a long way away from where you would normally stand with a bike. And just to give you a a description of how how I typically do it, um, it is standing, and we'll show you a video in a minute, but standing in front of the bike, looking pretty much into the headlight of the bike, Mm. standing just uh, with the wheel sort of touching my left leg almost, uh, left hand on right bar, right hand on left bar, using my foot to kick up the side stand so I'm taking the weight of it, and then just pushing, gently pushing the handlebars back, uh, which is then, yeah, get, getting the bike rolling backwards, and you can roll them up some quite steep slopes doing that. Mm. Um, and maybe ch- show the video, and then I'll talk a little bit more about a couple of times when it doesn't necessarily work, and also one extra little trick mm-hmm. that I think we that I think we captured yes. in there, which can be a little bit of a bit of a bonus um, yeah. compared to moving it from from the side.
1: So this one uh, is just showing the kind of overall technique.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, left leg next to next to the front wheel. Uh, note there I haven't actually taken it off a side stand. So I've left that there and I'm just gently pushing the bike backwards. Mm. So it does still, if it got away from me, then I could lean it over onto the side stand. Sometimes that ha- that's harder depending on if I need to turn it um, then the side stand can sometimes start fouling on the ground, which is when I would kick the side stand up and do it that way. Mm. Yep. And have we got another?
1: Yep. And so then we, uh, we've we got a bit of a close-up.
0: hmm Of hopefully my left hand. Yes. Excellent. So this is an added bonus when you are using this method that you can use your pinky finger on your left hand
1: <laughs> to
0: hook over the front brake lever. mm so what this means then is that whole risk of the bike running away from you and you'll see there, Yet my left hand is just hooked over the brake lever and as I need to come to a stop, particularly if the bike's starts to roll away, I'm just giving that a gentle little squeeze with my pinky finger and that is more than enough to bring uh, the bike to a complete stop. So you've got that kind of safety backup mm. uh, that you don't have when you are moving the bike from the side to say, okay, if it does get away, I can I can hit the anchor there. Yeah. So yeah, I think summing up that one takes a little bit more confidence because you are no like you're not in a normal position to move the bike. So it feels really odd and awkward. Um, I have done it with uh, my legs straddling the front wheel sometimes. Mm-hmm. If it's a if it's a particularly heavy bike and I'm really nervous about it, then I can straddle. I mean, it makes you look totally cat <laughs> uh, because you are basically paddle walking on paddle walking back to front. Uh, with your left hand on the bars, it's it's great for a laugh. People at work laugh at me when I do it. Um, and probably the only thing to be aware of is that for some bikes that method won't work. So if you stand in that position that I was in, um, and you can't get both hands comfortably on the bars, then mm. uh, you, you can't do it. And that often happens. Uh, uh, so for example, I think the uh, Yamaha. Tenere Seven Hundred is one where there's a, a fairly big sort of big fairing at the front, or big screen at the front and fairing that makes it really hard for you to wrap your hand around mm. to get on that. Probably find it with some super sport bikes as well. Um, so if you've got a bike that does have that kind of wrap around fairing, uh, it can be very difficult. Or if you've got a cruiser that have the bars pointing backwards.
1: Yeah. So if the
0: if the bars are curved around so that they are in that position that some cruisers do where they're kind of a curved around back towards back towards the bike a bit more, then it can be very difficult because the 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 bars are more over the tank than mm. closer to the front wheel. So won't work with every bike. Works brilliantly with just about any naked bike that you are going to that you're going to find because they don't have fairing. Um the, the bars are typically pretty flat, pretty easily accessible, and it is a really, really good. Thing, good thing to master. Okay, but that's next on your list to learn.
1: Next on my list. I, I next think on that your one, list. Um, in terms of when when I might use that again, you yeah, know, possibly if I had a few bikes trying to get into the garage, um, mm-hmm. or uh, trying to fit a few bikes maybe into like a car park or something like that. Um, yep. being able to kind of park up and then just slowly wriggle them kind of backwards into mm-hmm. into a good spot. Um, yep. would certainly be helpful for that
0: spot on Mm. which then segues nicely into uh the most advanced one that we'll talk about here today there are other ways of doing this i'm trying to show what for me i think is the simplest way um and the easiest way that requires the least strength of spinning a bike on your side stand
1: does my head in the idea Mm -hmm. that this works and is mm-hmm. secure, my brain cannot process that.
0: <laughs> yes, and it is a real leap of faith that your side stand can take, uh, you know, this amount of weight on it. I have never seen a side stand snap, even ones where you've got, um, you know, sports bikes, you know, 1,000cc sports bikes that have got really very minimal side stands mm. on them. Um but, yeah, being able to spin the bike around a side stand. I will say if you have a cruiser, do not attempt this. So cruisers will not work with this method because the angles are all wrong. They are very, very, very heavy beasts. Um, and, yeah, you, uh, well, maybe some people have been able to do it, but I have yet to see anybody successfully spin mm. a bike on its side stand on – pardon me – on a on a cruiser bike.
1: So – Tell us about this one.
0: Um, so similar standing position to the one that I showed in the previous in the previous video. Mm-hmm. That you are standing uh, with your hands reversed. So looking looking at the headlight or looking towards the back of the bike. You've got left hand on right bar, right hand on left bar. And what you are trying to do is to use your side stand as a pivot point. Um, which is then taking weight off the rear wheel, putting all pretty much all the way to the bike onto the front wheel and the and the side stand, mm. and using that to spin. So basically, spin or drag the back wheel around whilst rolling pretty much the the, the front wheel. Um, why would you ever do? Well, let, let's have a look first. We'll, <laughs> and we'll show you and I'll, I'll talk it through. So um, grips so what you'll see here is me, I'm pushing down with my right hand and I'm pulling up and forwards with my left hand. So, um, and I'm by no means the the, the best at this, uh, at this, but it's um, kind of a reverse. Oh, it's almost a deadlift grip that I'm using there because mm. my right hand is knuckles up, left hand is knuckles down. Um, I am yep, just trying to roll the front wheel around and my, my focus there is pushing with yeah, pushing down with the right and lifting up and pulling with the left. Uh, now, why on earth would you ever want to use this? <laughs> great question. <laughs> uh, great question. Well, it's really good if anybody has got themselves in a position where you're trying to move bikes around but the back wheel is in the wrong spot. Mm and you end up having to do the, do the thing where you move the bike backwards and forwards 20 times because you're trying to get your rear wheel to make a little jump over to one one way or the other. Um, if, uh, you know, 10, 10 centimetres, 10, 10 centimetres of rear wheel movement in a lateral direction can be a whole bunch of fiddle-faddling, um, having to move the bike forward-back, forward-back, <laughs> forward-back, 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 forward-bike, forward-back. Or if you learn that technique, then you can very simply use that technique just to, to flick the rear wheel over a little bit.
1: Can you go in either direction? Because in this one, you've um, taken, you've pretty much traveled anti clockwise.
0: Correct. Um, and just because the way the, the the leverage works out there, you can't do that in reverse. Mm. If you want to talk advanced about stuff, that's when, and again, if you're strong enough um, picking the rear wheel up to drag it forward, you can actually drag a bike by either wheel depending on how heavy it is and how, how strong you are. Um, but no, in that one there, it is only going to move that rear wheel out to the, out to the right-hand side. Um can also be really good if you are trying to spin the bike around to change direction. Mm. so if if you discover you've been wedged in somewhere because some inconsiderate person is parked in a in a dumb way and you just need to kind of pivot the bike <laughs> around a little bit uh, to get it out of a tight spot, mm-hmm. then it is a really good one a good one to have in, in the arsenal. It is a more advanced one. It does require more strength. Mm. Uh, it does require caution. Uh, the, the other thing there that uh, you will have noted is that the side stand was staying locked in position the whole time um, and that I, at no point was I pulling the bike forwards and sort of towards the back. Mm. It is uh, – and this is the hardest thing about that technique is getting the that feeling that you are pushing – pushing the right bar down, down and maybe a little bit backwards to keep that side stand locked in. Mm -hmm. And with your left arm pulling it up, but you're not trying to, you're not trying to roll the bike forwards. You are trying to keep all the weight while the bike's locked on the side stand and just take some of that weight off the rear wheel while well, you spinner on the size 10 and it takes practice. It's not one that you will get immediately. Um, if you're going to ch- start practicing this, then it's probably a good idea to have a buddy there who can be there just in case the bike does start to get away from you to, yeah. uh, to, to catch it um yeah even getting them to take a little bit of weight off the rear wheel by lifting up one of the foot pegs maybe just to, to help you get that sense of yep weights off the rear of the bike now and now i get it that feeling of oh yeah the rear wheel was kind of rolling around um over the the side stand as a pivot point mm. so because
1: yeah. i'm i'm watching watch then i've watched you do this as well and yeah that idea of um The pushing the right hand down. So that would be the 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 clutch.
0: Left handlebar. Um handlebar.
1: Um almost it looks like kind of down towards the rear wheel, down towards the side stand. Pretty much. Which means that then you can tip the bike ever so slightly towards that side stand side. Um, but because Mm -hmm. you're pushing down, you're not at risk of the side stand you know, popping back, um, mm-hmm. and I do wonder about the bikes that have those um, almost more automatic kind of sidestand retractors. Mm. I've seen a couple of those where as soon as you oh. kind of <clears throat> tip, yep. get the, the bike upright, the sidestand automatically pops back in. Um, mm. That would feel possibly, I'm sure you'd be able to do this on that, but maybe just a little bit more careful about really ensuring that weight uh, down and backwards uh, to make sure that side stand is continually engaged.
0: Correct. Yep. Anything. I mean, probably I'm thinking about the stuff that we see regularly. Wr450s, wr250s. Which if people don't know them, they are they're more competition enduro enduro bikes mm. or off road bikes. But some people will buy them as their their first bike. Um, I mean, I think most people that get those are people who have grown up riding dirt bikes on farms. Mm. But yeah, absolutely. If you have a bike that has an automatic, automatically retractable side stand, then you you have to keep the weight on that all the time. Otherwise, yeah, you run the risk of it flicking backwards, um, and then you are there having to manoeuvre your hands from that position to then getting your left hand on the left bar, moving backwards, and then being able to flick the side stand down from there. So, yeah. it's definitely one – oh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, definitely one that takes
1: uh, takes some practice, takes some consideration, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, checking in on on the bike itself. Um, we do mm-hmm. have uh, a bit of a close up of the, your yeah. your hands, <laughs> yep. in terms of of making this work, um, and uh, we'll also have a bit more audio to kind of explain that mm. a little bit more detail as well. But you can kind of see in this one the, where your hands are placed, kind of where you are pushing down with the right hand towards the side stand and back, you're kind of pulling um, the right hand throttle side in towards you,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which then brings the bike over um, slightly. um, And you're able to then with your body and legs kind of walking with that then rotate around.
0: And I think the little point I was making mid, midway through that also was making sure that you are not pulling the bike, so that that side stand's rolling forwards. So mm. yeah, that that complementary uh, pushing down and pulling rather than yeah just there sort of pulling the bike forwards then means yeah. you are running the risk of Whoa, off off the side stand. Don't do that because exactly. it will fall over. Mm. Yeah, cool.
1: But that one. Maybe that can be a summer project.
0: <laughs> there we are. By the end of by the end of summer you should be able to do one like
1: Oh, I don't mm. know about that one.
0: Oh, no, it's a right. bit
1: scary. Uh yes. But so those are Wait, those are those are probably the main um main techniques to, to think about moving your bike. If you have other ways that you move your bike, let us know. Um, Drop a comment on YouTube or uh, on Instagram or leave a review and and let us know what we've missed uh, wherever you are listening to this. Um, But so our takeaways. Mark.
0: Mm. Um, Moving a bike is yeah it, it's something where you want to have a few different mm. tools in the tool bag to be able to do it similar to when we were talking through parking uh, you have a lot more freedom mm. in how you move things around and so the more of those techniques you can master over time the easier you will make your life mm-hmm. as a as a motorcyclist to be able to move to move bikes around uh, so I think yeah that is for, for me that 's the takeaway
1: yeah that there are there there are multiple ways and that you know you'll be able to be more confident in terms of moving your bike in various different scenarios if you 've got different techniques uh in your tool belt to be able to use mm-hmm. um I think the the thing that I, I keep in mind is that the the possibility that I think opens up once you 've got um more confidence in each of these different techniques and a variety of them. Um, getting the technique right, I think, will allow you to move larger things and larger bikes, even if you are smaller, uh, uh-huh. such as me. Um, and we do have a couple of videos of, of me showing the difference mm. between paddle walking my mto 7 uh, and uh-huh. that pushing from the side. Uh, and then... A bike that it has not been lowered and is slightly bigger and heavier, uh, which should be some lol's. Let's watch me make a fool of myself.
0: (laughs) So it's not making a fool of yourself; it's (laughs) applicability of method.
1: Exactly. So we we can see me trying and struggling to powder walk backwards the MT07 up that slope, and again, it was not very steep. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've had this bike lowered so that I can have the uh, balls of my feet on the ground when standing upright. And that was still a struggle Uh, between comparing that and then being able to push the bike from the side.
0: Standing next to it, the second second technique that we showed?
1: The third one. Or Third the third, third
0: technique. So yeah.
1: left hand on the clutch uh, handlebar mm-hmm. and right hand on the pillion seat. Um, and just so much easier. Stand stand
0: up. Yeah.
1: Rolling, rolling, rolling. Heaps of control to be able to change the angle of where the bike is traveling. Um, very easy to get the side stand down as well and nice mm-hmm. and stable. Mm-hmm. Feeling very smug, looking at that.
0: And then I said, "Okay, let's see you try that." On, uh, th- thank you, Tom, and thanks Yamaha World Royal for lending me the bike for the day when thank when Mum was in in the shop. Uh, A 2023 MT-10SP. So uh, about 25 grand worth of bike or thereabouts, 195 kilos, Uh I think. So about about 25 kilos or thereabouts Mm. heavier than the MT-07. And... At least a couple of centimetres taller oh, and also a absolutely. lot wider. Yes. So they are a big, meaty bike. It's an R1 motor jammed into a naked frame. So and us see how we go. You
1: can see in the video right from uh, right from the beginning, I am on my Ooh. absolute tippy toes, mm-hmm. tiptoes of my shoes, uh, just trying to get my feet down. So as you can imagine, um, probably not going to have a whole lot of momentum to push
0: the bike from your tiptoes. very, very difficult. Almost falling. To push a bike backwards. No, 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 you had it. You're all good. Trying to push a bike backwards uphill on tippy toes.
1: Yeah. Whole body is engaged and I think we got mm-hmm. not even a foot
0: before no. I said,
1: no, nah, I can't do this.
0: Yeah, no. And I was there ready to catch the thing if it did look like it, like it was going to go over, but I had faith. I had faith.
1: I appreciate your faith. I did not have faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then – Here's something we prepared earlier. Um, This, you know, kind of coming back to that idea of um, knowing knowing what works and getting that technique right means that you can be a little bit more confident. So then moving um, the MT-10 with that, uh, standing on the side, uh, body facing in towards the bike, left hand on the clutch handlebar, right hand on the uh, seat. Um, First time I had tried this uh oh. on the mt10 it is big it and is same heavy, slope same mm-hmm. slope and it was hard you could see on on the face uh we're going what this is heavy it's a beast but did it mm. um, a lot more confident um a lot easier to maneuver you know wasn't easy as easy as mm. the the 7 but definitely possible um and yeah know much more kind of secure uh, and stable in that but very scary
0: (laughs) but it was a great example and that's where I thought this is a good example of uh, having the right technique and using the right technique for the moment Mm. Yeah, you don't have to be a, a a big person to move a relatively big bike. And yeah, that one, um, you know, 195. So for well, it's it's not a lambs-approved bike, but no. yeah, you know, a a full size, very or well, quite tall and reasonably heavy, heavy bike. And yeah, you you moved it up a slope and didn't you I mean okay, you had to push it and it wasn't easy, but yeah, it kind of showed then that it it can be done.
1: Yeah. And I think the the other kind of takeaway there is that Practicing these different techniques, um, getting that technique right, will I think it does make you realise how hard it is to actually drop a bike. Like there, Mm. you do have a lot of time when when I've done that pushing technique, one hand uh, at either end of the bike. um, You, I have felt moments where you can feel the bike is almost kind of getting away from you, and there's actually quite a bit of time. Quite a bit of distance that it needs to travel before it really does get away from you. Um, mm-hmm. So that practicing for me, I think, has made me realize how 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 hard it is actually to drop a bike. Um, there is time to be able to control it if you've got that technique right and using the right technique for the, the scenario. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and and the final thing I'd, I would say in that, topical at the moment, is that when you are moving your bike around, at some point, if you're a new rider, you are going to drop it. Yeah. So, uh, yep. We Kaira didn't even talk about that. <laughs> didn't we talk about that? Um, but, yeah, practice these things and in the knowledge that, again, if you're a new rider, at some point, you will have your bike over on its, on its side. Mm. Um and yes it'll be annoying and hopefully you don't too much do too much damage to it, but it is it is a fact of life that we have pretty much all done. Sh- show me a motorcyclist says they've never dropped a bike yeah. in their in their riding career and either they're lying or they just don't ride.
1: The one um, time that I have dropped a bike where yeah, it was my fault was trying to move a bike. So trying mm-hmm. to move it from yeah, the front of the house, down ninety degrees into the driveway, ready to go, uh, and that was when I dropped it. Yep. So, there. Yeah.
0: Yep, and mine was trying to paddle walk forwards out of a tricky spot uh, in a, in a car park when I was like twenty one, I think. Mm. Um, and, yeah, same thing, Bike it up on the side in a bush, actually, because I was parked next to a bush. Anyway, that's another story for another time. Right, time to wrap up. Next time. Yeah, so next interview episode,
1: next yeah, we um, have had the fortune of having a, a quick chat with Remy Aloni, who is the co-founder of Sheila's Shakedown. So, yeah, cool. as we get excited for Sheila's 2024, we mm, um, got a couple of episodes uh, looking at that. Um, but, so, next episode will be a bit of an interview with Remy and then also sharing a little bit more about um yeah our experience from heading along earlier this year and what we're looking forward to. Awesome. But until next time, please ride safe and have fun. Beyond the Pillion is brought to you by Kahiwasabaya and Mark Drexler and Woman Moto, the online magazine for women motorcyclists. Go to womanmodo.com. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Beyond the Pillion. Drop a comment or send us a DM to let us know what you want to hear more about. And if you like this episode, please leave a review or tell a friend.